We are broadcasting everywhere live on the Jonathan Kogan Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Yeah, we're everywhere because that's what we got to do. All right, let's jump right into it. By the way, if you haven't subscribed to the Jonathan Kogan Show podcast, review your podcast, subscribe. If you like it, five-star review. That's all I got to say. So you knew when things were a little bit quiet that it was a calm before the storm type, type situation, right? You know when things are calm nowadays in 2023, when the whole world is unhinged, that something's coming, okay? Something is coming. And guess what? That day has arrived. Now we're back, okay? So in case you haven't noticed, there's a common theme going on, is that these, these candidates to become presidents or whatever the, the leading position name is called in that particular country, like a president, a prime minister, if the candidate is anti-establishment, right, like anti the current way of things, not part of the establishment, you are seeing a concerted effort globally, perfectly coordinated to ensure that those people are either A, removed and or A, removed from office and or not able to run in the next election. Okay, so what it seems like is, is that we talk about two parties on this podcast all the time, the elites and the peasants. It seems like the elites know they need, they need, they're destroying everything during this election in all the countries, and they, win, they need to win one more to get their full great reset in. So they can't have it trip up by having an anti-establishment person in office. Now, I'm not saying I like these politicians. It has nothing to do with that. I just talk to you in facts, okay? And they might not even be anti-establishment. I'm just telling you how they are viewed. So, and... Another way to assess it is that if someone in a foreign country is considered the Trump of that country, that puts them in the same category. So, for example, well, first of all, Trump, okay, they're trying to make sure he can't run, lock him up. You got all these lawsuits, right? Now, I'm not going into lawsuits, the valid or not. Just listen, we have a person, we have a, a party in power in the United States that is trying to jail the political, the leading political opponent of the opposite party that is occurring, okay? Now, it has nothing to do with who these people are. That's just crazy. All right. Let's go to Brazil, right? Bolsonaro is the Trump of Brazil. That's how he's known, right? He barely lost his election to Lula, who came out of jail to run against him and won. Immediately, Lula takes office. Now they're trying to jail Bolsonaro. But for sure, he cannot run for, uh, to be the leader of Brazil for another eight years. So he cannot run in the next election. So his, the opposite party took power and now made sure he cannot run in the next election, okay? The other one, Pakistan, Imran Khan, right, was removed from office as being charged, so he can't run in the next five years, so he can't run in the next election, okay? And now what just happened is in Ecuador, yesterday, the presidential candidate Fernando Villavacienzo, sorry if I mispronounced it, was killed in broad daylight at a rally and he was known as the anti-establishment candidate, disrupting things, shot and killed. In fact, I'll start off with the video. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But I got to play the facts for you. You need to see it from the source. Here is the video of him being assassinated. You don't see it, but you'll, if you're not watching it, you'll hear it. Uh, here's him going to his car to leave, and then it happens. <laughs> And you see people fall, chaos ensues, and that's it. That is a doornail. 
Done. Capiche. Over. All right? Anti-establishment. Now, what else has happened in the same time span, a.k.a. like two days? Well, we have a breaking story. We're going to cover all of this stuff in detail. I'm just going high level, then we'll go deep. This is from The Intercept. All right? Secret Pakistan cable documents U.S. pressure to remove Imran Khan. Quote, a all will be forgiven, said a U.S. diplomat, if the no-confidence vote against Pakistan Prime Minister Imran Khan succeeds. The U.S. State Department encouraged the Pakistani government in a March 7, 2022 meeting to remove Imran Khan as Prime Minister over his neutrality on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, according to a classified Pakistani government document obtained by The Intercept. And we'll go into this further, but I want you, I came across this video to show you what type of person this guy is, all right? Just to show you this, this common theme between all these people that are being barred from running. By the way, protect democracy. Oh my God, save democracy. You got to protect democracy. Do anything to protect democracy. Democracy is when the people vote, the people choose. If you are jailing the opponent, that is the opposite of a democracy. Literally the opposite. So you can't say on one side of your mouth, we need to do everything to save democracy. On the other side, jail the opponent. Like, what, what, what kind of what kind of cognitive dissonance is going through people's heads? Like, what, I don't even understand. It's so hard to fathom. You can't have like poor. You can't say like, oh man, I'm really tall, but guess what? I'm really short. Like, what? They're just totally opposite things. It makes no sense. So this interview, I'm gonna play three parts because I want you to know who this person is, or you know, you could see the common theme between all these people. This is Julian Assange from WikiLeaks, who, by the way, is a journalist being held without charge in a maximum security prison for like five years and no journalists are outraged or anything. They, they're trying to kill him invert, like, uh, you know, indirectly. Why are we freeing Julian Assange? Can we get some people to speak up? Is it only independent journalists that have morale now and ethics and just doing the right thing and standing with each other? Julian Assange is a hero, man. He's a hero. Listen to this interview he did with Imran Khan. I'm going to play three parts. This is from uh, 2012. 2012 with Imran Khan. And I just want you to get an idea of, you know, maybe why the, how he talks and why maybe he's being prevented from being in office. And also a little bit of reminder of who Julian Assange was and the work he was doing because we forget nowadays. We don't remember things like more than a year. People have no idea that we were locked in our homes two years ago. And like the only way to leave was to get forced injections of an experimental medication. People don't even think about that. Anyways, here we go. Here's part one. What's happened in the past six months? I mean, there's really been a, a, a tremendous rise. The opinion polls that I've read uh, have your popular support at something between 60 to 80 percent uh, of the Pakistani population. But perhaps you can describe this, um, how your party has grown in size um, and momentum and, and what's it like in, for you trying to manage uh, this incredibly fast growing organization. Uh, first of all, I boycotted the elections in 2008 uh, because, uh, you know, these elections were manipulated by the Bush administration. They brokered a deal between Musharraf and Benazir where all her corruption cases were, and not only her, other crooked politicians, they were given an amnesty by Musharraf. And this was a deal brokered by the Americans, and it was called the NRO, National Reconciliation Ordinance. So in the name of reconciliation, 
the Americans uh, got Musharraf and Benazir together. And Condoleezza Rice, in her latest book, triumphantly writes about it, that how Bush gave her a pat on the back when she got them together. And uh, so, 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 so I, and along with a lot of other parties, boycotted the election because we felt that this was pre-poor rigging. Uh, uh, for a while, my craft went down because we stayed out of elections. And then as the governments began to mess up, because once the criminals came to power, corruption broke all records in Pakistan, naturally, because when you allow crime to pay, crime multiplies. Wait, I need to pause there for a second. So you know how it, and today it just so happens that people on the left are the ones that are brainwashed and thinks that, you know, we really are spreading democracy, the FBI, CIA, they would never do anything wrong, and that we, we are in other countries and occupying them to spread democracy. You know, we're, we're there to help Ukraine, you know, spread democracy. He is saying how the U.S. was involved in their elections to rig their elections, the Bush administration, the Bush administration. We were rigging their elections in 2008, all right? We're going around rigging everyone's elections. This is what we do. This is what they mean by spreading democracy. It's always the opposite of what is really happening. You see what's going on, and people just forget. It's unbelievable. But we expose fraud on this podcast, and we will never stop doing so, even if our social credit score becomes negative 55. So as they went up, people started remembering that I warned everyone when I was boycotting the election that this election is a dis uh, is going to be a disaster for the people of Pakistan. It's only Wait, let me let me be politically correct. Imran Khan, there's only one word to describe. He's an election denier. The uh, Bush administration to have a puppet, one remove one puppet. Musharraf was struggling, so he was likely to go. They wanted another puppet government so they could pursue this war on terror, where our own army was bombing. So hold on. So do you see the common theme here? When we have a massive war that we want other people to be a part of and we want to do everything we can to expand that war. So in that time, it was the war on terror. We will do whatever it takes to get the leaders in place to ensure that we can keep this war going forever. Feed the military industrial complex and play empire as long as possible. And if other elected leaders do not want to play this game with us, we will oust them. We will get them out. We will rig the election. If we can't rig the election, we will jail them. And if we can't jail them, we will kill them. And in today's podcast, all of those things are happening again because we now have the Ukraine-Russia war, right? The first big one since basically the war on terror. And now we're at it again. We're doing the same playbook again. And if a leader is against it, they must be removed. CIA needs to run their operations, get them out, and install a puppet government. Everything we blame other people for, like, oh, Putin puts in a, a puppet government. Yes, that's probably true. But guess what? We do it also. All right? Let's just be honest. I don't know why we can't do that nowadays. So here's another clip. I mean, that's amazing. It's amazing. Nothing's changed. It's just that we're exposing it in real time now, which is fantastic. Here's clip number two. Same interview. Julian Assange, Imran Khan. Do you think that, you know, that the U.S. argued that um, Osama bin Laden is a terrorist uh, responsible for the deaths of many Americans, so they have a right to, to go in and take him out? Um, All I'm saying is that uh, war on terror is not, it's somehow the confusion is that you win a war on terror by bombs and, uh, uh, you know, killing people. Actually, war on terror is one when you win hearts and minds of people. If you lose that war, 
This is, there is no way this is going to end. I mean, Pakistan is more radicalized today than it was eight years back. Pakistan is more polarized today. It's a polarized society than it was eight years back. Whatever we do, military is not a solution. We have failed for eight years. The Americans have failed for 11 years. What, what are we going to do now? You see the common theme here? What about your country? What about where you are? If you're in America, is, is society more polarized now? Is the same thing? Is what he just said in 2012 with Pakistan happening where you are in the world? We have listeners all over the world. Is your country polarized? Huh? Are things worse off now than they were 20 years ago? Is the same thing happening? Now do you see why he wants to be ousted? He doesn't want war. Now, for whatever you want to say, I mean, it doesn't matter. Just Trump also doesn't want the war. Okay. I mean, we just talk about facts here. We're not endorsed. We don't, we don't say anything. We just talk facts. If it's, if it, that's just a true statement. It is what it is. I don't know why that would make me a Trump supporter or something. It's just a true statement. We just talk about true statements and then people get all crazy in their, in their heads. The people who don't want war are being prevented from running for office, ousted or murdered. The anti-corruption people, the anti-establishment people are the ones being prevented from getting into office. And these rigging of elections all over the place. In Pakistan, 2008. And to think that since then, we now have the safest, purest elections of all time. Like, what is going on? Come on. Now, here's the last part. I thought this was very interesting. When he signed off the interview, Julian Assange said, thank you. And listen to what Imran Khan says to Julian Assange. This is very interesting. This is the end of the interview. It's over. And it ends like this. Here we go. Thank you. And I wish you all the best because I think you've done a great thing. What you did with WikiLeaks, you know, freedom of information is the most important thing because we are basically controlled uh, by people withholding information. So we are controlled by people withholding information, talking about how the most important thing is to get the truth out there. That's why Assange is in jail and they had to shut down WikiLeaks. That's why they don't want this dude in office. I know very little about him, but if you listen to him, it makes perfect sense why you don't want that guy in office. He doesn't want the war that we want. We want it. We want, we would kill. We would let so many people grind up and die just for the U S to make more money to all this stuff, do whatever we can to take Russia's natural resources. We would kill, I don't know, probably a billion people. We would cause famines. We don't even, we'll do a bunch of stuff. It's going to be bananas. And you're seeing it unfold. You're seeing famines being a massive risk in Africa. All this stuff's unfolding. We don't care. But all of a sudden, this new quote unquote liberal left, but it's illiberal. It's illiberal, right? It judges people by numerical characteristics of the color of their skin or something they can't control, right? It's anti free speech, right? It's, it, it's, it's uh, big pharma mandates. It's crazy. It's, everything's upside down. And it's the CIA is the best thing ever. Don't forget JFK is the one that wanted to smash it to a thousand pieces and blow it away with the wind. Just the, everything has just inverted on its head, but it's time we come to terms with it and just talk objective facts, which is the purpose of this podcast, because in very few places can you get objective facts. So clearly that's why Imran Khan is being removed from office. So before we get to the assassination, I want to go back to this Intercept article that broke yesterday, which is a big deal that shows the U.S. got him removed. And now he's being charged with a crime, so he cannot run in the next election. 
You cannot have this guy in office because it goes against what the empire wants. So let's go through this. This is from The Intercept. The meeting between the Pakistani ambassador to the United States and two State Department officials has been the subject of intense scrutiny, controversy, and speculation in Pakistan over the past year and a half as supporters of Khan and his military and civilian opponents jockeyed for power. So they're election deniers. They're probably also insurrectionists. They're probably, uh, they, they are anti-democracy. Everyone should be in jail that, that supports this guy. You see the common theme? It's the same playbook happening everywhere. Whether you agree or not, with the opposing party has nothing to do with that. You have to realize we're all on the same team and we can't ban the other half of the argument. We need to discuss those things in the marketplace and let the people decide what they want. And whatever that is, it is. I don't care. Just let the people decide. We don't need people meddling in our elections, particularly the FBI and the CIA and all these government agencies. They cannot meddle. And there's people in the United States specifically, which is supposed to be like the beacon of freedom, are cheering it on. It is unbelievable. Not only is it short-sighted, because what if the person that you hate ends up getting back into power, and then he reverses that on all the people that you like, and you? Then what happens? What, are you going to speak out then? Too late. Way too late. And, and just not knowing history in the past literally just 100 years of what happens when these totalitarian regimes come to power? Like, Mao wasn't exactly the best thing that happened to China. He killed like 50 million of his own people. The Cultural Revolution. Do your research. Do your homework. No, don't do your research. You're a far-right extremist, psychopath, Trumper. Okay, here we go. The political struggle escalated on August 5th when Khan was sentenced to three years in prison on corruption charges. Isn't it funny? Now, maybe he was corrupt, but it seems like the things that they're charging other people with are the things them doing the, they're doing themselves. It does, doesn't it? And taken into custody for the second time since his ouster. Khan's defenders dismissed this charges as baseless. The sentence also blocks Khan, Pakistan's most popular politician, from contesting elections expected in Pakistan later this year. Oh my God. You got it. Specifically, the sentence, think about this. The sentence blocks him. Who is, he's the most popular politician, which means that he would probably be elected or should be in power because the most people want him. That's a democracy. And the one, and he's banned from contesting elections. Like, oh, maybe if we were, if I was planning to meddle in an election, I would make sure that the person who would oppose it, that was the most popular person of that party that would oppose it, I'd make sure they weren't allowed to do that. Right? Or is that too conspiratorial? Or is it right in front of your face? And they're telling you, don't believe your eyes and your own ears. One month after the meeting with U.S. officials, with U.S. officials documented in the leaked Pakistani government document, a no-confidence vote was held in Parliament, leading to Khan's removal from power. The vote is to believe to have been organized with the backing of Pakistan's powerful military. Oh, how about that? That's good. That's why you want the state to have minimal involvement in anything, because they have a monopoly on violence. Do you understand? You don't want the organization that has a monopoly on violence to be involved in too much. And I think you know why. Since that time, Khan and his supporters have been engaged in a struggle with the military and its civilian allies, whom Khan claims engineered his removal from power at the request of the U.S. The text of the Pakistani cable, produced from the meeting by the ambassador and transmitted to Pakistan, has not previously been published. The cable, known internally as Cypher, reveals both the carrots and the sticks that the State Department deployed in its push against Khan, promising warmer relations if Khan was removed, and isolation if he was not. If you don't do as we say, we're going to do everything we can to screw you over and make things as hard as possible. 
So do as we say. I'm just uh, translating it for you in peasant language because we're not smart enough to elect our own leaders, apparently. But we need to save democracy. Double speak. The document labeled, quote, secret includes an account of the meeting between State Department officials, including Assistant Secretary of State for the Bureau of South and Central Asian Affairs, Donald Liu, and Assad Mahid Khan, who at the time was Pakistan's ambassador to the U.S. The document was provided to The Intercept by an anonymous source in the Pakistani military who said that they had no ties to Imran Khan or Khan's party. The Intercept is publishing the body of the cable below, correcting minor typos in the text because such details can be used to watermark documents and track their dissemination. The contents of the document obtained by The Intercept are consistent with reporting in the Pakistani newspaper Dawn and elsewhere describing the circumstances of the meeting and details in the cable itself, including in the classification markings omitted from The Intercept's presentation. The dynamics of the relationship between Pakistan and the U.S. described in the cable were subsequently borne out by events. In the cable, the U.S. objects to Khan's foreign policy because he, uh, on the Ukraine war because he wants peace. He's radical. These positions were quickly reversed after his removal, which was followed, as promised in the meeting, by a warming, by a warming, a warning, I think, but a warming between the U.S. and Pakistan. So immediately he's ousted, and boom, they want more war. Come on. This is clear as day. The U.S. is meddling everywhere, but we're spreading democracy, so it's, it's good. We can do whatever we want. Um, the diplomatic meeting came two weeks after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which launched as Khan was en route to Moscow, a visit that infuriated Washington. On March 2nd, just days before the meeting, Liu had been questioned at the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. That's where, uh, by the way, that's the same place where Biden bragged about getting uh, the attorney general of Ukraine, who was looking into his corruption in Burisma, fired because he would withhold a billion dollars in aid if he didn't do it. That was, it was at the Council of Foreign Relations. Rockefeller's behind that. A lot of powerful people, but you could do your own research. No, don't. Far-right extremists. Just kidding. Hearing over the neutrality of India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, and the Ukraine conflict in response to a question from Senator Chris Von Holland, Democrat from Massachusetts, about a recent decision by Pakistan to abstain from a United Nations resolution condemning Russia's role in the conflict, Lou said, quote, Prime Minister Khan has recently visited Moscow, and so I think we are trying to figure out how to engage specifically with the prime minister following that decision. Von Holland appeared to be indignant that the officials from the State Department were not in communication with Khan about the issue. The day before the meeting, Khan addressed a rally and responded directly to European calls that Pakistan rally behind Ukraine. Are we, are we your slaves? Khan thundered to the crowd. What do you think of us? That we are your slaves and that we will do whatever you ask of us, he asked? We are friends of Russia and we are also friends of the United States. We are friends of China and Europe. We are not part of any alliance. You see why this guy's got to go. So, um, I mean, this is just breaking news. This is unbelievable. So we ousted. There was also a feeling that while the U.S. expected Pakistan's support on all issues that were important to the U.S., it did not reciprocate. So, let's. I mean, this is just unbelievable. And it's very, very long. But guess what happened? The New York Times immediately denied this and said it wasn't true. Intercept fought back. And the State Department, all powerful politicians in the United States said this is completely false. In fact, I'll just read it for you right here. The State Department has previously and on repeated occasions denied that Liu urged the Pakistani government to oust the prime minister. On April 8th, 2022, after Khan alleged there was a cable proving his claim of U.S. interference, 
State Department spokesperson Jalina Porter was asked about its veracity. Quote, let me just say very bluntly, there is absolutely no truth to these allegations, Porter said. And now we know that it's true because the Intercept got a hold of it. In early June 2023, Khan sat for an interview with The Intercept and again repeated the allegation. The State Department at the time referred to previous denials in response to a request for comment. Khan has not backed off, and the State Department again denied the charge throughout June and July at least three times in a press conference and again in a speech by a Deputy Assistant Secretary for State for Pakistan who referred to claims as, quote, propaganda, misinformation, and disinformation. Oh, so what does that mean? That means what we're talking about is probably true. And now it turns out that is 100% true. You're going to, if you keep, if you're one of the people that keeps buying into these mainstream institutions and these people in power that keep lying for the past four years, like it's nobody's business, then you deserve to be misled. You have to find alternative media sources. You can't take the Sam Harris approach and say, listen, when there's a lot of information in times of crisis, I need to trust the New York Times. I have to trust Apple. No, that's what they want you to do. If you default to that, you're playing right into the propaganda. You have to have the bravery to go outside and look at different sources and understand that they're, that these alternative sources are actually telling the truth. And the ones that used to be trusted are no longer, they're no longer to be trusted. You cannot trust them any longer. They have showed that they are criminals and they're defending anything that the power in the state wants. So while the drama over the cable has played out in public and in the press, the Pakistani military has launched an unprecedented assault on Pakistani civil society to silence whatever dissent and free expression had previously existed in the country. In recent months, the military-led government cracked down not just on dissidents, but also on suspected leakers inside its own institutions, passing a law last week that authorizes warrantless searches and lengthy jail terms for whistleblowers. This is exactly, but on a more minor scale, they're trying to do here and have tried to do in the United States, but there's been so much pushback and so many freedom fighters not only getting this information out there, but also just uh, in government, other powerful voices like, you know, in this case, Elon Musk buying X to protect free speech. We're fighting back, but they're doing this worldwide. It's 100% coordinated. This doesn't just happen all at once in every country in the same way. They're trying to put in a global dictatorship. I don't know what to tell you. I even played on this podcast the, the mouthpiece for the World Economic Forum, which is the public-facing organization that speaks in straight up what's going to happen, then it always happens, says that they're putting in place the guardrails for a digital dictatorship that could last forever. Go look at that podcast. I think you could search my podcast for digital dictatorship, and you can learn what, what's going on. So let's stop there. And now let's go to uh, uh, let's go to Ecuador. All right. Now this is important. So a couple articles from Ecuador, but we'll start with this one from Al Jazeera. So who was Fernando Villavicencio, presidential hopeful shot dead in Ecuador? Killing of of Fernando, former journalist and union member who pledged to fight corruption, comes days ahead of vote. Oh, interesting. What does he have in common with Imran? What does he have in common with these other people that are being jailed at the same exact time? This is crazy. And we have people in America cheering it on. It's unbelievable. People, do you know where this goes? Please just learn a little bit of history. That's all I ask. Ecuadorians are reeling after presidential candidate Fernando Villicencio was shot dead following a campaign event prompting authorities to declare a nationwide state of emergency. Valencia, I don't know how to say his name, I'll say V, 
V, a 59-year-old anti-corruption campaigner, had complained of receiving death threats before his assassination in the capital, Quito, on Wednesday evening, officials said. Outgoing President Guillermo Lasso declared three days of mourning in a two-month state of emergency early on Thursday following the killing, but said general elections scheduled for August 20th would be held as planned. Of course. Of course they would. Now that he's dead. Quote, outraged and shocked by the assassination of President Candidate Fernando V. The president, who is not seeking re-election, said in a statement post on social media, this is a political crime, which is the character of terrorism, and we do not doubt that this murder is an attempt to sabotage the electoral process, Lasso said in a video statement after meeting security and electoral officials. Here is what to know about Villa Villanciencio, campaigner against corruption, hailing from the Indian province of Chimurazo. Fernando was one of Ecuador's most critical voices against corruption, especially during the presidency of Riaf Correa between 2007 and 2017. He entered politics as an anti-corruption campaigner after years of investigating the government as an independent journalist. He also served as president of the Legislative Oversight Commission, where he continued to denounce corruption. Fernando filed many judicial complaints against high-ranking members of the Korea government, including against the ex-president himself. You see what type of guy this is? He has to be killed. Oh, my gosh. That's why they won't give people like Kennedy Secret Service. There's a common theme. Can you piece them together? Just look, look for like a half a second at what's going on. He was sentenced to 18 months in prison for defamation over his criticisms of Korea and fled to an indigenous territory in Ecuador, later receiving asylum in neighboring Peru. Quote, Ecuador has become a failed state. Korea, who now lives in Belgium, said on X for mere... Uh, known as Twitter after the assassination, quote, hopefully those who try to sow more hate with this new tragedy will understand that will only continue to destroy us. Edison Romo, a former military intelligence uh, colonel, said the anti-corruption complaints made Valenciosio, quote, a threat to international criminal organizations, a.k.a. the people currently running the world and most likely your country as we speak. More recently, Fernando had on Tuesday, made a report to the Attorney General Office about an oil business, but no further details of his report were made public. He was a former union member at a state oil company, Petrus Corridor, and had announced alleged millions in oil contract losses. He complained of threats, and essentially, at the end, he was murdered, so they cannot vote for him. Like I said, Bolsonaro cannot run in the next election. Immediately, the opposing party takes power and bans him from the next election. Now, if you know one of those people that say we need to do everything to protect democracy, like Sam Harris, and then subvert democracy completely, you have no credibility anymore. It's over. I don't know how you could take anything out of someone's mouth like that seriously. It's just over. And breaking news, FBI agents to arrive to Ecuador in the next few hours. From Zero Hedged. So Ecuador is about to have an insurrection? <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. So it's just amazing. It's really, 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 really amazing what's going on. And speaking about just losing credibility and how things have changed and some certain mind, like Sam Harris used to be thought of as a, a, a really smart guy and one of the best thinkers, right? And he says these things that are basically... he. So here's his argument about like RFK and how, you know, his reaction to the virus was, well, listen, if the, what is it, what if the fatality rate was a hundred percent 
and uh, the injection you had to get was perfect and had zero side effects and would save the world. Well, then RFK would look like a moron. Well, it's like, okay, well, so our regime wants to go to war against Russia and Ukraine. Well, what if Russia and Ukraine were best friends and the ultimate partnership and had a treaty where they can never go to war against each other and they respected that treaty? Well, then sending tanks and weapons to Ukraine would look really stupid, wouldn't it? Like, what? Do you understand? Like, if the world was to, if we lived on Jupiter, well, maybe people would live in different structures. Or, you know, if our planet didn't have water, maybe there would be less humans. Like, what are you talking about, Sam? What are you talking about? I mean, this is the, this is what he says. Like, I'm serious. You want to hear him say it? This is on Tom Bilyeu. And then I'm going to play you a clip of him saying how... In times of need, when there's too much information, we must trust the New York Times and other old institutions. Here's the first one, though. You know, but dial up the the deadliness of the yeah. pathogen. You know, give us something like you know airborne Ebola that incubates for a month. You know, you don't know you have it, and you're you walk around spreading it, and it's got you know a 75 percent fatality rate, and it's most killing kids no one gets to make that choice anymore i mean then literally the the cops come in and vaccinate you and oh my god i i would say you see where he this is just happened this was yesterday now it's not loading well but he's saying they're gonna hold you down you're not gonna have a choice and they're gonna vaccinate the crap out of you <laughs> i mean i want to see if i could play the one uh that i clip which is uh from the same interview where he says, uh, you know, we have to trust, you know, the old in institutions. Otherwise, we'll never know what's going on. Let's see if we here. I'm going to try playing it. If it doesn't work, you got the gist. But this is bonus. This is the bonus feature. I mean, it's unbelievable. This blew my mind. Here we go. Might all have to default to mm. just. Yeah. So we might all have to default to very straightforward, old school gatekeepers of information. Otherwise, we're going to recognize that the Internet is completely broken and we just don't know what's real. So like it's, it's in, in a world of endless deep fakes, I'm really going to have to rely on The New York Times or Getty Images or Apple or somebody with just way more resources than I'm ever going to have on my own to tell me what's real. If, 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 I have, if I see video of Putin saying that he's just launched his tactical nukes, right, or he's going to do it tomorrow at 4 o'clock, and I have to worry about a, a, a world, and I, I, you know, I think we, we do now, and if we don't now, it's you know, four months from now we're going to have to worry about this, a world where basically anyone who wants to can produce a perfectly compelling video of Putin that will be undetectable by me as a fake. What are we going to do with that? I think, I think we're. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to just rely blindly all, on New York I times. We're all basically going to declare something like epistemological. And then he wants to use big words. Bankruptcy and just say like, I don't know what's true anymore. Like, I don't care. Like I'm not going to react to this video. The fact that, Elon tweeted it, you know, and it's just raw video on Twitter. 
So if you can't come to terms with the fact that that this, that institutions and media outlets that you trusted your whole life no longer tell the truth and are propaganda outlets for the state, and you can't get uh, the confidence to go elsewhere and realize that other independent media, uh, independent creators and other outlets and, and alternative news are actually telling you the truth, if you can't get that through your head, you're going to have real struggle for the rest of your life because those days are over. They are complete propaganda for the state, and there's clearly coordination going on, preventing half of every country not to be able to run or elect their own leader, and they're installing people everywhere because there seems to be a concerted effort that there is some sort of global plan going on here. I don't know how else to do it. How is this all happening at the same exact time against the opposition leader in like five major countries? It's not a coincidence. It's so naive. That is so naive. I don't even know what else to say. It's just like crazy if you believe that. So this is breaking news. This is huge. Ecuador president shot and killed. Brazil's president can't run. Pakistan's president was removed and it was broken that it was that it was done at the behest of the United States. The United States got the Pakistani military behind it and they ousted their elected, their democratically elected leader and ensured that he can't even contest the next election. Wait until you see what's going to go on. The civil unrest that we're going to see in Pakistan and everywhere. We're seeing it everywhere because they're making half the country out to be criminals and bad people that can't even question an election. Every election ever in the United States is questioned. In 2000, they said it was rigged uh, that Gore won. And that Bush it rigged it because his brother was the one that counted in Florida. And maybe that's even true. It's possible it's true. I wouldn't be shocked. They, we have proof. Well, don't have proof, but we have Imran Khan saying Bush, the Bushes uh, meddled in the Pakistani elections in 2008. Maybe they were just practicing in 2000. It was a little bit of a warm up. We're talking about practice? We're talking about practice? I mean, this is crazy. You're seeing all this coordination. You're seeing everything in plain sight. And they're telling you, do not trust your own eyes and your own ears. Are you going to be that stupid? Or are you going to rise up, spread the truth, share podcasts like this, share other great podcasts, and not be blind to truth like Sam Harris and be wrong on everything, everything, literally wrong on everything. They have made people hate one person so much, Trump, that they're willing to disregard objective truth. That's unbelievable propaganda. That's amazing. There is, I can never hate someone so much where I would disregard objective truth. All we care on this podcast is objective truth, period. We have no emotions. This is a sociopathic, dispassionate assessment of all world events. I can't, I don't know where else you could find this analysis because it's just facts. And if you want to make a decision based on those facts, that's up to you. We don't care. We just care that you get the real information and the facts and help you connect the dots as much as possible, but that's really your job. So I don't know. What do you think? What should we do? Let me know. Tweet at me, at KOGZ. You can find all the podcasts there as well, but crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Unbelievable. Good reporting by The Intercept. What a shock, actually. An absolute shock that they're reporting very well. But listen, we're in this together. You and I, everybody, we're all on the same team. Team human, team peasant. We need to stand together lock arms, hold hands, and just, you know, keep freedom as much as possible worldwide. Uh, got a crazy podcast tomorrow on uh, uh, World War III, which has already started, according to Dr. Uh, Pippi, I, I believe her name is. Uh, very, very fascinating. Um, we'll get to that tomorrow. And uh, that's all I got for today. Please subscribe to the Jonathan Kogan Show if you do like it. 
five-star review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, write a description about it. I'll read it uh, on the next podcast. It helps it with the algorithm, boost it up. Whatever we could do to get truth to the highest ranking on YouTube, on Rumble, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, please do it. That means giving it a thumbs up. That means giving it a five stars. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. If you want to uh, donate to the production and you know expanding this media outlet, patreon.com forward slash ownership economy. One word, ownership economy. Five bucks a month, it helps. That's it. Have an amazing day. You're blessed. I love you.